If, for example, you were to kill your grandfather, you'd cease to exist. <gasps> but existing is basically all I do. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about season three, episode 19, Roswell that ends well. Ben, I want you to start the alarm. Okay. Uh, what alarm? No, I mean like a siren. Oh, I was going to put a... I was going to open up my Google Assistant and put in like a timer. No, that's okay, fair. Uh but no, it's it's we are on a we are on shirt pants alert. <laughs> to just let everybody know what I'm talking about from behind the scenes. Hi, this is Mike from the famous podcast Back to the Futurama. I just re- returned back from a 2-week vacation. Um <laughs> on the on the european continent so i am super jet lagged so here we go yeah not to mention that like your plane got uh, uh yes i i was part of tracks to canada there's a whole there's a whole news article yeah. about it in the canadian news Yes, I was on the fated flight from Dublin, Ireland to JFK that was diverted to St. John's, Newfoundland. Um, so that was an, a visit I wasn't anticipating doing. I spotted you in a GIF on that news article. You sure did. Ah, uh, yeah. World famous. Just check our Twitter for that news article. And you can see that I, I am the <laughs> so world famous that I'm in a GIF for a half second. Uh, yes, so that... If you're noticing that I'm sounding incredibly tired, just know that's what going through customs three times and going through security four times in two days is what made that happen. Also, a quick apology that this episode's also going up a little bit late because we were supposed to record yesterday and then it just didn't. You didn't get in until like almost five. Yeah, it was so. going to be rough. You were falling asleep while eating pizza, pretty much. Yeah. It was great. And good pizza. Yeah, it was great pizza, great drinks, great great friends, great place to go have a, 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 a post uh, a two days of flying. We were supposed to get in like Monday at like 10 p.m. <laughs> and we got in the next day at 4 p.m. I, I, I also didn't really want to have a hotel in New York City, but... New York City. Speaking of New York City, <laughs> let's talk about the podcast, the show that we let's talk about on this that. podcast instead of continuing on my... I had a wonderful visit to Ireland and Scotland, so thank you to the countries of Ireland and Scotland. And you brought me some scotch, which really is the best part of that whole story. So, <laughs> so we start the episode. Um, technically, the episode starts in New New York, but then it like zooms into this supernova light years away and the planet express ship is strangely close to this supernova because they want to watch it explode you got to get the best seats best seats in the house uh first uh 
five rows may get disintegrated by the supernova. Hey, that's what happens when you're in the dis- disintegration zone. They give out free ponchos, uh-huh. though, so that's pretty cool. That that silence just now was me trying to figure out if I should sing Highway to the Disintegration Zone. Oh, you chose the wrong answer because <laughs> you haven't sang <laughs> you haven't sung it yet. Maybe post credit sequence. Anyways, <laughs> um, stick through stick through the entire. 40 minutes of credits at the end of this podcast episode so you can listen to that anyways they are watching a supernova um and bender is like man anybody who misses this is gonna regret this for the rest of their lives hey fry why don't you go make some popcorn so fry goes to the the galley and uh gets uh, a package of iffy pop which is you know like one of those old timey kind of like uh tin foil popcorn mm-hmm. skillet things uh and puts it in the microwave after getting rid of the warning that tells you not to i like just how clever he thinks he is that he has removed the tag that says do not put in microwave yeah, and therefore everything's fine yeah he's beat the system if if you don't microwave the little tag then everything's fine mm-hmm do you remember when in like the 90s with the height of humor was like people removing the do not remove tags from mattresses and then the cops show up like there were commercials mm-hmm. about it and like uh, stand up routines and like it was in like all these TV shows and it was so dumb. It's it's very funny how the cultural zeitgeist goes <laughs> that where the top of the humor chain is. Let's talk about this weird tag on everybody's mattress. I just I think about it sometimes and it's how much um <laughs> m- not always more than I probably should. It's right right in that range. Okay, so it's not not constant thought in your mind, which is good. Correct. But it's more than a non it's not a zero. It's it's definitely not a zero. <laughs> so it's it sounds like it's closer to always than zero. The way you discussed it. On a scale of one to ten, I'm gonna give it a three. Okay, that's okay, that's closer to uh, uh not thinking about it than than you kind of reacted just now. But I'll let because it Because a normal person should be one. Like this is not a thing where we should be like, hey, remember those commercials <laughs> in the nineties that were like making fun of the stupid mattress tag? Sure, but if we were normal people, we'd be doing this podcast. I doubt we're doing the podcast right now. We've mentioned Futurama once. <laughs> yeah, I forgot this. This Sims and uh, the Candle podcast. Sims has some and Futurama. Candle podcast. So <laughs> Fry puts the microwave, uh, the popcorn in the microwave, and he starts it up, and it starts sparking, and and then. Everything starts turning blue, like blue. The color blue is spreading from the microwave. Hey, what smells like blue? <laughs> uh, Fry's got so many good lines in this episode. There's a lot of good way. lines. Like most of my favorite Fry lines come from this episode. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like a lot of professor lines, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Put a pin in that one. Meanwhile, on the at the front of the ship, uh, the supernova starts going off and they are in the disintegration zone. 
Um, like they are the highway really, to the disintegration zone. Well, they took the highway to get there. They're in the, the disintegration oh, zone. Uh, sorry, now. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is an off ramp on the highway to the disintegration zone, right? And so they are sitting there, and the supernova like engulfs them, and this red color starts emanating through the ship, and all the electronics that it touches start getting fried, and then. They turn around and Fry pokes his head up as this wave of blue starts heading towards this wave of red. And everyone is just like, ah, ah, ah. And <laughs> Fry's like, which crazy thing are you guys wor- uh, freaked out about? <laughs> it's very good because there's a lot going on here. And then the moment that these two uh, colors meet up in the middle... They get sucked in through this like wormhole. Yeah, and through a lot of clocks. Yeah, there's a lot of clocks, and the the high precision digital chronograph that's on the wall starts counting down from the current date of like three thousand two. I, I think. think so. Yeah, and uh, an interesting thing that I noticed is just how quickly we get to like the crux of what's going on in the episode. Usually, there's a whole like five minutes of just random shenanigans that gets us to the episode here it's like supernova popcorn got back into the past done yeah they they were not slow on this one they did not set up any kind of goofy but be- well i mean they set up a goofy beginning but it's like this is plot we don't have time for anything else and i mean i'm cool with it it's just it's something we don't see a whole lot that's true it's a different construction mm-hmm. of a futurama episode which is appreciated it's, it's nice to mix it up they go through the clock wormhole and they get out of it and they've taken on a lot of clocks. <laughs> um, also, Fry's popcorn is done, uh, but now it's an, a full <laughs> ear of corn and it's it's less... less, less he, com- says, he says it's less pop than ever. <laughs> it's, he's, he's not wrong. Oh, it's a very... <laughs> oh. And uh, so, yeah, they are just like, well, you know, whatever. Let's just go home. Uh, they, they notice there's not a lot, whole lot of traffic around Earth. And there's an ozone layer that usually isn't there. The professor specifically points out that's never been there. <laughs> which is a, a subtlety to the joke that I truly appreciate. Because it's not that the ozone layer was there and is now gone. In his mind... It's literally never been there. That's a good point. That's that does that does add some something to the joke. It also makes me sad. Yeah. So as Huzzah! yay, as they're going in for a landing, um, there's no global positioning system, and so the ship is just gonna crash, and there's nothing Leela can do about it because the engines start to power down, and she's like, "Ah, oh, I guess there is nothing I can do about it." Everybody, put on your seatbelts. Bender decides to go with the myth that seatbelts claim more lives than they save. And as a result, when the Planet Express ship hits this, like, rock that's jutting out of the landscape, Bender flies out the the front windshield and flies off into the distance, and then you hear this thud. Uh, They go to where Bender landed, and he is basically now a pile of wreckage. He took the highway to the disintegration zone. 
I don't know why I've decided to make this a thing, but it's a thing now. I just appreciate that kind of like half joke in the beginning came back around to be a full joke here. I'm I'm really proud of it. It's it's become it's become a real joke. Mm-hmm. Highway to the Danger Zone, by the way. I know we talk about karaoke on this podcast a lot for some reason. <laughs> it's a really fun track to do at karaoke. Okay. You should did try it. Is sometime. there any reason why? Or is it just because it's an up tempo and everybody knows it and everybody Okay, here's my theory on a good karaoke Yes, let's do this. Number one, like if you really want people to get into it, it should be a song that everybody knows. Okay. It should be a song that is just campy enough that most people won't admit to liking it, but when it's on, they will totally get into it. Okay, I like that. That's a good, good rule. It should be pretty upbeat. And yeah, those are my big three ones. Like, you ever want to please a crowd at karaoke, do, um, I'm going to be, you know, like, I would walk 500 miles, Mm -hmm. because everybody, it it fits all of those things. It's true. Everybody knows it. Nobody's going to be like, oh, yeah, I freaking love that song, but they're going to sing it when it comes on, like, they're going to get into it. Sure. And it's upbeat. I like that. It's the perfect karaoke trifecta. Yeah. I re- and Highway to the Danger Zone meets all three of those. I realize that multiple of the songs that I do do not hit any of those criteria. Oh, a lot of the ones I do don't meet them Because I'm thinking two of my favorites are Weezer's Say It Ain't So, which is upbeat, kind of. I don't know that I'd call it that. Plus, okay. it's a song about alcoholism. Well, I didn't say... Well, it, yes, fair. Um, and then there's Dare to be Stupid, which is... Nobody knows. Which nobody knows. But it's but it's, it's upbeat, upbeat and campy, and if you know it, like you're gonna be into it. Yeah. But nobody Mine, knows it. That's the closest one that I do, I think. Okay. But I like going in on it, like with with Dare to Be Stupid, I'm just dumb. It's you great. you are the second person I've ever seen do Dare to Be Stupid at karaoke, and both of you have gotten very into it. You, like you, you have to. Yeah, you can't really like come to like I guess I'll do Dare to be stupid. I don't know, man. Like you have to come at it and be correct. It's it's and it I the way I do it, it takes a lot of energy out <laughs> because you just go. There's like running in place and weird gyrations. It's great. So everybody finds Bender as this collapsed uh, crumpled pile of bits and um they pick up Bender's head uh which is still conscious and everything. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, here's the plan. Zoidberg, you pick up the pieces. Everyone else, take five. And then everybody but Zoidberg walks back to the ship. Mm-hmm. Zoidberg starts using uh, Bender's hand as one like the little trash grabber thingies. <laughs> and, and depositing it in his, in his uh, body. And later on, it's nighttime and Zoidberg's still picking up all the pieces. And a jeep comes up and grabs Zoidberg and takes him off to a military base. The generals and sergeants and whatever uh, walk over to a uh, something under a, uh, a sheet, and one of the generals says, "I'm so excited! I've never been more excited to show somebody under something a sheet," and and dramatically pulls away and sees the pieces of a UFO, and he, it's Bender's body. He even does the dun dun dun. He's very excited. He's into this. Mm-hmm. He has he has the flair for the dramatic. He also gives the very helpful narration that. As you can see, 1947 is going to be an eventful year for the town of Roswell, New Mexico. I, I like the delivery of that to people that are also in 1947 in Roswell. It's true. But I mean, we we talk a lot about like 
2017. Like, we preface a lot of things with, like, it because it's 2017. Sure, but we're also recording this. I mean, in my day-to-day, like... Can't you see that it's 2017 in the city of Portland, Oregon? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. Is it not plain to your eyes that it is raining outside as it generally does? It cuts to... I I think there's a commercial break right there for dramatic effect, but it cuts to... Uh, a bunch of like researchers out in the field picking up some last bits of Bender, mm-hmm. and this I never realized before that the the Planet Express ship is literally just about I don't know three hundred feet away. Yeah, on this cliffside, and nobody even notices it. They they kind of play with how long, how f- far away the wreckage is from the ship. It's kind of funny. Um, the professor does explain that the. Uh, the microwave radiation and the gravitons graviolis from the supernova combined to blast them through the time. Graviolis always makes me hungry. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So the, the professor sort of re-explains what we already know. We're back in time now. It's July 9th, 1947. Uh, as evidenced by the fact that the high precision chronograph turned into a pinup calendar. Mm-hmm. And, um, Leela runs in with the day's newspaper and she's like, have you seen this? The front page headline is that a flying saucer crashed and uh, there's a picture of a guy holding up a piece of this flying saucer Mm -hmm. and Bender's like, that's no flying saucer. That's my ass. It's a good Bender line that realizes Fry to realize that Roswell was them. And that means that the alien they captured was. And then they immediately cut to a scene where they're opening a crate and Zoidberg's like, hello. Uh-huh. It's so, it's just an amazing smash cut. It's terrific. So we find out from the professor that they need to go back through this wormhole that they created, which is rapidly closing. And they, I believe he says that they have just, approximately exactly 24 hours. I believe he calls it a space hold and it's rapidly clenching shut. I try not to think about that. What, clinching shut your space holes? Correct. I try not to think about that because I'm too busy thinking about (laughs) mattress tag jokes. (laughs) That's so funny. That has no business being that funny. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. I'm very tired. I forgot. Let's move on. Yeah, I'm tired as well so let's do this and then we can go take a nap a separate nap separate apart i don't know about that i mean sometimes you have to snuggle it's true so the only way to get to the 3000s is to go through the 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 space hole again within the next exactly 24 hours fry says oh that you know that's great i'll go visit my grandfather enos he was stationed in roswell uh, the professor tells him not to because he might affect the future. He basically he explains the grandfather paradox, which is a real thing about going back in time and killing your grandfather and how you would never exist. I feel like we need to put a pin in that one. Uh, maybe. You know what they say about a gun in the first act. It has to fire in the third. Wait, is that the one in the third or the second? 
eventually. Oh, that's true. At some point, not in the first act. Yeah, you just check it off. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, Leela is working at build- putting back everything back together. Everything is operation except for the cup holder, which she can get within 10 hours. <laughs> The professor's like, you've got eight. Like, <laughs> I like the idea that they can't fly the Planet Express ship without a functional cup holder. And that it takes 10 hours to fix the cup holder. Because don't get me wrong, I've been in cars without functional cup holders. And it sucks. Uh-huh. You have to put cups between your legs or something. It's just it's just a pain in the and ass. And it's not exactly safe. And like, you know, it's it sucks. But Especially like, if it's like hot coffee. That's not something you want to put in between your legs. It's true. But, you know, you can still drive. They don't even have any beverages with them. Like... You don't... Know, well, I mean, they don't currently. But they, they can go get some malts. I suppose. Un- unfortunately, the most important problem is that they don't have a working microwave, which they need to have to get back through the time hole. Leela says that they're just going to go buy a microwave. They, they, there must be a place to find a microwave. And then Fry and Bender are tasked to sneaking onto the army base and getting Bender's body. Uh, so first up, we go to the army base. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fry spots his grandfather, Enos, who is a... Well, no. First of all, I forgot. There's a very important part. Yeah, there's part. a Zoidberg part that you're missing. Oh, no. I wasn't even thinking about the Zoidberg part. Does the Zoidberg part come first? From, from my notes, I believe the Zoidberg part happens. Then we go back to Okay. Um, so at the army base, the army wakes up Zoidberg from what looks to be a very wonderful nap uh, by asking, what are you doing on Earth? A- and Zoidberg says, not a day goes by. I don't ask myself the <laughs> same question. And very looks very sad. I know that feel, Zoidberg. And I just wanted to hold him in that moment. Just it'll be okay, Zoidberg. You're a do- you're a doctor. You're not a good doctor, but you're a doctor. Uh, Fry in his underwear. Right. So that's what I wanted to talk about because <laughs> I knew. he's I- because I love the all-purpose spray because we've seen it before where where Amy sprays on a bikini top, mm-hmm. and here Fry is literally just hanging out in his tidy whities. <laughs> And pulls out this can literally called all-purpose spray uh-huh. and starts spraying an army uniform onto himself. And the thing that I love about this, too, is that the shot is just so long. Like, they could have just been like, all right, he sprays, like, a pant leg on and, like, you get the rest. And they're just like, nope, we're just going to chill on this shot, watch him spray on an army uniform. Like, he gets halfway done before the shot cuts. It's yeah. <laughs> great. And I love it. It's so dumb and like just, uh, I don't, whoever, whoever wrote that specific joke, I want to give like a a firm handshake to because (laughs) it's so, I don't know why it just, it tickles me in all the right ways. And and not just the fact that he does it, but the fact that that lingers on him doing it, like Uh making sure that he's like, okay, well I got this leg on. (laughs) All right, let's do this leg and let's, I guess torso now. It's, it's so good. Uh, so yeah, I can't believe I almost forgot that. It's line. very yeah. important. Oh. Um, um, on the base, uh, Fry, Fry sees uh, his grandfather Enos uh, getting chewed out about making a toilet bowl clean enough to eat on it because Sergeant or Sarge intends to. Enos is sort of a, a country bumpkin sort of stereotype. A little bit, yeah. Um, he's got real a real like. Um, I think he's supposed to be kind of like. That guy from that show about army dudes. 
I don't know it. I, um, I think I know the name of the show you're talking about. Are you talking about MASH? No, not MASH. Okay. Because we've talked about MASH before. Okay. Uh, 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 oh, the one that was a spinoff of the... Uh, oh, shoot. Okay, I gotta look this up. The I'm, Andy... No, not, not the Andy. I'm gonna look real uh, dumb if the I Andy, don't look this um, up. The one with the whistling. The spinoff from the Andy... Oh my goodness, my grandfather watched this all the time. The the one in with... He was a... Oh, what's his name? Oh yeah, no, you're right. It was a uh, Andy Griffith. Andy Griffith, that's yeah. the one. Um, because he he uh, Gomer Pyle. Gomer Pyle, of course. Yeah. Yep, that's that's the one. Yeah, my grandfather watched the Andy Griffith show all the time. It was always on in our local television station. I probably not for you very much. I never watched it. I only know the Simpsons references to it, which is why I'm like. Maybe it's a reference. <laughs> um, as clearly, I called it the show about the military guy in the thing or whatever. Which I thought was so broad, it could have been MASH. <laughs> I mean, by that description, it could have been MASH. <laughs> Fair. He's, yeah. he's, exact, he's a country bumpkin, just like, you know, what's his name? Hawkeye from MASH. So yeah, that was Ben Google's that corner to determine (laughs) that it was Gomer Pyle. We haven't recorded in like two or three weeks, so we're bad at what we do. We're a little bit rusty at this bad podcast that you listen to. Thank you for listening to our podcast. um, So yeah, uh, he's a country bumpkin, um, Mm -hmm. very much unlike uh, Dr. Hawkeye uh, on MASH. And Fry immediately starts freaking out that literally everything is going to kill his grandfather. Yeah, he sees a Jeep coming down the road at his grandfather. Despite the fact that, like, without Fry intervening, like, history is just going to play out anyway. It's like, Fry just doesn't get that, like, if he doesn't interfere, his grandfather is going to be fine. Right. Um, when he he sees the Jeep coming at Enos and th- knocks him out of the way and the Jeep turns before it would have even got close to him and it's a good thing because fry pushes enos onto a, a huge pile of rusty bayonets that they keep next to what seems to be the bathroom and uh enos thanks fry and then is like well i gotta go because i gotta go make sarge's lunch handling raw chicken is the best part of the job and then he like licks his fingers and i get so grossed out <laughs> at the thought I believe he says finger licking good. Uh, I get uh, it's so gross. <laughs> you know, back <laughs> there's a lot of gross stuff that happens on Futurama, and some of it, some of it, when I talk about like Bender vomiting profusely when he becomes a human, I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's pretty gross. The thought of licking your fingers after handling, oh, I can't even <laughs> finish that sentence. I'm so grossed out by it. I'm not I'm not laughing at you not being able to finish. I kind of am. I, I'm just I like the idea that this is this is your limit. This is my limit. Bring me back to Bender vomiting profusely. And <laughs> God. I, oh. because as Zoidberg per- points out, that's like Mardi Gras. This is just food poisoning. That is fair. And I've had food poisoning and it is not something you want to have happen to you. 
And also, I will never go to that Chinese place ever again. Good call. Fry freaks out, and he's like, no, we got to get you out of this army base. And then literally yells at Enos's private parts, like, <laughs> it's going to be okay, Dad. And then takes him off of the army base. I believe- and Enos is just like, yeah, Zooks, I better go tell Sarge. Like, he's not concerned at all about this yelling at his crotch which says a lot about enos <laughs> oh man i'm oh god i love enos so much <laughs> um it's unfortunate what happens to him but i'm getting ahead of myself uh they they run off the base directly onto a bombing range and w- that used to be a minefield and they are like surrounded by bombs going off the kind of uh, generals and sergeants and what have you are at the base doing some experiments on Zoidberg and they open, they, they're watching through a two-way mirror and they see, actually a two-way mirror I believe is just a window, but you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, and they open the door to allow Zoidberg into this room that has a lot of food on the table. Uh, ben, uh, Zoidberg says, if only I'd brought my wallet. Uh, it's free. And he screams and starts eating all the food, smashing into the the mirror to start like sucking it dry. It's just, uh-huh. woo, man, there's a lot of happening here. Uh-huh. Yeah. But man, he loves that food. Meanwhile, Leela and the professor walk into a department store to buy a microwave oven. And they are dressed in, uh, Leela's in like a poodle skirt. Yeah, good. And the professor's in a straight-up bright orange zoot suit. (laughs) I love the visual of the professor in this zoot suit. It is the best thing. (laughs) It's very good. Um, They basically find out that microwaves don't exist Mm -hmm. in 1947. And then they they have a very frustratingly... It's a very frustrating sequence. So this is this is an interesting part of sort of the way Futurama operates, I think, where uh, they have these moments like this where it's like, hey, in the 50s, dudes were straight up sexist. Yeah. Like, he, like the, the salesman is like, you know, your wife's hysterical, so I'm going to talk to you. Or like, hey, as a woman, you'll be standing in front of the, the stove all day. Like... Yeah. And the joke is very clearly like, hey, this guy's an ass. Yeah. Like, acknowledging that, yeah, it was maybe the the thought in the 50s that, you know, this was, was accurate. But then you have weird episodes where it really is like, okay, you know, like um, Amazon Women in the Mood, where it's like, oh, yeah, like, sexism doesn't really exist, but let's have this episode full of, like, really sexist jokes. And it always weirds me out a little bit that Futurama does have such a weird dichotomy where it's like, hey, sexism's bad, and we're going to call it out, but here's a really sexist episode. It really feels like there are, there might be just different feelings between head writers of episodes. Sure. Because it does swing that wildly. And, and, and of course, every television show is going to have like a, a range of things that goes between. Absolutely. It's, I just, I find the dichotomy of it so wide yeah. that... But and, and I think I think that the joke is not. Uh, 
I I see where the joke is. I just don't think it's as well as executed as I've seen other jokes like this because it's uh, it doesn't make it clear where the joke lies. If that makes sense. No, I mean I think it's I think it's pretty spot on because it's the joke is not at Leela's expense. It's at the nineteen uh, 1947's expense. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean that's really what it comes down to is what are we making fun of here? And in this case, it's like oh hey like the forties and fifties were straight up sexist. So I, I, I just think it may be a bit too subtle on that for me. Um, that's my opinion. And, and again, I might've misread it. They have no success because microwave ovens don't exist yet. The mm-hmm. salesman thinks that it's like microwave is a brand of oven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they return empty handed. Meanwhile, the uh, Enos and Fry are walking down the street and decide to go get a malt. At Joe's Malts. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a best place to go get a malt to me. It's it's even got malts in the name. Although, keep in mind, one teen to a malt, please. Yeah, you don't want multiple teens to a malt. That just causes problems. Oh, and uh, the reason they want to go get a malt is because Enos has <laughs> grabbed computer chips out of what out of Bender's head thinking it was a lunchbox and ate them and it cut up his mouth pretty bad. I, l- I like the fact that he's just like, well, these must be weird chips. I'm going to eat them. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Uh, so Don't put random things in your mouth that you don't know what they are. I s- don't assume things are crackers. Th- those are all very good life lessons. Don't have if all- you're not, it, 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 as a PSA to those listening to this podcast, if you're not exactly sure what you're about to put in your mouth, ask someone, please. The more mm-hmm. you know. Da, da, da. <laughs> um, so at, at the malt shop, Fry is checking out uh, one of the waitresses. And Enos is like, oh, that's my girlfriend, Mildred. And Fry freaks out because that means that that is his grandmother. Yep. That he was just ogling. Mm-hmm. And... enos orders a pie with a fried egg on top it's such a wonderful image i'm not gonna knock it till i try it but i'm not i don't have high hopes i think it depends on what the pie is okay best pie to put a fried egg on top of go a meat pie like like a hand meat pie see i was assuming I was assuming this was inherently a dessert pie because that's if what it's makes inher- it funny. If it's an yes, if it's uh, it is in the they have a they she walks by later with it. Uh, it it is a dessert pie, but if we're talking about what I'd actually want a fried egg on, a meat pie is the problem. No, 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 well. we're talking dessert pies only. Okay. See, I'm gonna go chess with, pie. I don't know what that is. It's like a pecan pie without the pecans. Okay, I was gonna go with apple. I think that would not fight like you there are breakfasts with like apple on it it's gonna be apple or peach i think but peach, i think you said i think apple's gonna fight the egg a little bit less sure you you, you have a point with the breakfast and apple now mm. i'm gonna have to ask you about why you think the peach is gonna work um i've totally had a, a waffle um with like peach uh jam on it okay um, you know, you, you put a uh, an egg on that, like it. It's all pretty good. Okay. No, that would. 
I think I'm going to have to stick with chess pie because I think that's reasonably reasonably close to something that you might eat for breakfast like like a like okay. a like a very sweet scone it's like putting an egg on your toaster strudel <laughs> i apparently found mike's line raw chicken egg on a toaster strudel <laughs> it's you know very similar things uh, both have chicken products anyways um fry is freaked out because he was just attracted to his grandmother and um he just want order some coffee and fry is like hey you should get married and start fathering some children right away and uh enos sort of hints that maybe he bats for the other team so to speak which would be you know fine for him it would so here's my thought i don't like anybody can can be gay and that's fine if i go back in time and my grandfather is like hey i might not be attracted to women that is the one time i'm gonna have a problem with that because i need to be born and speaking of that that's basically how fry responds it's true he's like don't ever say that again and (laughs) i believe he says don't ever think that again yes um um but yeah i i I, I understand both situations because it you have a vested interest in, in not well you or Fry have vested interest in Enos or your grandfather, you know right leading to the events that end up with you. No, I get it. And I mean to 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 be clear, if my grandfather was gay, that that's fine and whatever. He at least needs to reproduce to make my father like mm-hmm. that is the important aspect here the rest of his life is his own business that's fair so fry just kind of uses this to kind of go like paranoid and uh some fire breaks out on the on the stove or on the uh, flat top breaks out is a little much someone's cooking a burger and a little flame comes up okay yes you're right uh fry just freaks out and is like fire and knocks over the table a little bit and a and a steak knife goes right between Enos's legs. Fry's like you almost got neutered, and Enos is like, "Well, taint as bad as getting killed." And Fry's like, "For me, it is," <laughs> which is a good point. I I also love that that line is just like delivered without Enos no, realizing. Enos, I mean, you're this is a guy who literally had his crotch yelled at by this stranger. 20 minutes ago so he's not exactly um with it he's in those moments he's the most like fry they basically run out of the the malt's place and go to a secluded house in the middle of nowhere the most the safest part of nowhere and uh so fry is like you just sit here and um fry drives off with bender locks the house locks the house drives off in this jeep and then we find out that it is an atomic testing range and behind fry a big mushroom cloud erupts and enos just gets he enters the disintegration zone (laughs) and uh bender's like you are out of here (laughs) that's such a terrible thing to say in that situation oh it's bender i mean it's what he does um uh leela and the professor have gone to the malt's place the same one that we that fry and enos just left 
Um, and they try to order all sorts of different future futuristic foods. Mm-hmm. I didn't list soylent the- soylent green, a slice of soylent orange, and uh, yeah, and if Lila wants just an injection of femaslim. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, Mildred is like, "I'll put you down for two chili dogs," and walks away, which not bad. I'd be I'd be down. Um, without the microwave, they're gonna have to get used to living uh, in the time they are currently in. Leela says, "Well, hey, this the army base has a microwave radar dish. Let's just steal it." The professor says that could change the future, which Fry takes as a good time to come up and says that, "Whoops, I killed my grandpa." Uh huh. Um, but he still exists for some reason. Uh, Mildred is getting the call that Enos has been murdered. <laughs> Which, Which is incredibly fast about this. Also, I love just that she's like, no, it doesn't. I don't take much solace in the fact that the implosion trigger functioned flawlessly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, Fry also tries to comfort her with some very interesting thought. Like, at least he was vaporized so he can't come back as a zombie. Mm-hmm. It's what happens in the disintegration zone. Um. Uh, Mildred is reminded of Enos when seeing Fry and asks ask Fry to walk her home. Uh, back in the Zoidberg plot, uh, a, a plane flies in um, under the guise that it's rations, and mm-hmm. they wheel out this crate, and President Truman breaks out of it <laughs> like the Kool-Aid man. It's very good. Oh, man, that could be gifable right there. That's very good. And uh, they're like, all right, this is top secret. Nobody can know about it but us um and senior officials scientists and this crackpot that no one will believe and he takes a picture of the everybody there and it's there's a couple of like lights yeah and i just love because i I, i'm jumping ahead a little bit but i didn't write this down i think later on there's a a newspaper that comes in and it says crackpot pictures truman again Uh uh-huh it's so dumb so truman <clears throat> Truman interviews Zoidberg and is like, what is what is your purpose here? Are you trying to make some sort of alien-human hybrid? And Zoidberg's like, are you coming on to me? And I'm, <laughs> I don't hear a no. So basically he orders an old-fashioned alien autopsy. Uh, Truman, during this visit, also sees the, the alien craft reconstructed into a ufo mm-hmm. um truman uh wants him to send it to area 51 for more investigation but that's where they're uh building the fake moon landing set so truman says invent nasa and tell them to get off their fannies i feel it's important to mention here because we have a lot of listeners in the uk fannies means butts over oh, here oh yeah that's a good point yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. not what it means over there. no sorry about that <clears throat> so, Forgot about that for a moment <laughs> Good catch, good catch, wonderful catch. Uh, Fry walks Mildred home. Uh, they have a, a pretty healthy pour of bourbon from the looks of it. Which she downs. Oh, yeah. I mean, her her fiancé just died. So, you know, despite the fact that the implosion trigger uh, functioned flawlessly, like, she's upset. That's true. Um, she's being reminded of Enos by everything, including a... <laughs> framed picture of an atomic blast she starts getting a little frisky with fry and he's like no 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 what like i can't but wait a minute i still exist 
so you can't be my and he can't even finish the sentence before she like tackles him and starts making out with him uh and more things cut to the next morning i like that the the framing of this is great because the crew is all standing there (laughs) the Uh crew is standing there outside the window and it when it zooms out enough for them to like to for the audience to see everybody then they start groaning right like they're just sitting there uh, standing there outside the window silently looking at fry in bed with this woman and they're like all waiting for like somebody to say, okay, now you can groan. Now. And so they all groan and Fry gets up and he's like, no, no, no. Like, guys, it's fine. I figured it out. I'm still alive. So she can't really be my grandmother. Professor's like, of course it's your grandmother. And all of a sudden she's in bed knitting. <laughs> she's uh, She's got one of those um, ear. Like, yeah. Ear horns or whatever. Yeah. Um, and like she's very suddenly very grandmotherly, and Fry freaks out and he's like, "Well, but then who's my grandfather? Isn't it obvious? You are. It's Fry. Yes, this is the episode where Fry becomes his own grandfather. Well, really, he always has been. It's true. Well, this is the one where we find out about it. That's true, and where Fry finds out about it." By becoming his own grandfather. <laughs> Mr. I'm my own grandpa. <laughs> I love, I just, it's so great. Meanwhile, Zoidberg is being autopsied. He's still alive. Yeah, he's talking throughout the whole thing. Much to the dismay of the surgeons doing this. Uh, this time they pull out a heart, which he has four of, and the stomach contents, a deviled egg. Zoidberg sees it, eats it, the same deviled egg is pulled out. Man, you know what I love? Deviled eggs. They're very good. I'm I like deviled eggs is my weakness. Anytime somebody mentions deviled eggs, I'm like, I could eat like six of those right now. Oh, I could do that too. Yep. Oh, dang it. Thanks, Ben. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all, um, I'm, unfortunately, all I have is this pie with a fried egg on top. Dang it. That's so, not enough. Um They're back at the ship and just basically like be, slapping fry. While he's crying. I mean, understandable. He is his his own grandfather and he knows it now. He did just do the nasty in the pasty. He did. Uh, This past nastification. Uh Uh-huh. The professor just basically says, Leela, start the ship. We're stealing this microwave. History be damned. And yeah, Fry brings up like, "Hey, can't aren't we not supposed to change history?" And oh, the- a lesson in not changing <laughs> history from Mister I'm my own grandpa. <laughs> it's a good line. They just decide, all right, screw it, let's go. And they 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 literally assault the base. Yeah, they shoot a missile that says Roswell that ends well, which I always really enjoy. Yeah, it's very good. Um, they are flying around shooting up the base, and they steal this radar dish. Um, they save Zoidberg. They save Zoidberg uh, like mid autopsy. <laughs> so they start throwing all of Zoidberg's organs at President Truman. And, Take this, sir. And Zoidberg's like, the president is choking on my gas bladder. What an honor. I like how Zoidberg always has his heart in the right place. It's true. He's one a- of his four. It's true. It's why he's the only one on the planet who gets a pogo stick from Santa. That's true. And everyone else dies. I mean, you know. Um, they also get Bender's body by blast by 
the professor's floating lazy boy blasting in and him grabbing it with his feet and backing away. Which I've gone on too many tangents already, but it always makes me think of that Nickelodeon show Roundhouse where the the dad was in the chair that was going around on wheels. Um, we'll talk about Roundhouse at some other point. I'm sure we will. I've used all of our time talking about mattress tags. <laughs> so... Um, so they get back out to space with, uh, and they say they did it. The cargo hold is open. And so while they're flying off into space, which seems like you maybe would want to have the cargo bay closed, but who am I to judge? Yeah. Um, as they're flying away, Bender's like, take that past. And like, uh, his head falls out of the cargo bay. Fry wants to go back, but because they have a strict 24-hour time limit and the hole is clenching shut, they need to just keep flying, and they go through the hole, and they arrive back in their own time, 3002 or whenever. Yeah, they they point the microwave dish at the uh, at, at another thing of Iffy Pop. Mm-hmm. Good thing they had another one of those. I know, right? Because <laughs> where in 1947 you're going to find more of that? Um, back at Planet Express, Fry is just really upset because they don't have Bender, and he must be lonely, laying there for a thousand years. And Zoidberg's taping himself up with duct tape. I mean, how how he's a doctor, mm-hmm. he knows how to do it. Um, they basic uh, Fry basically realizes, I think, that they can go dig him up, right? Because he's a robot and will have lived for you know the past thousand plus years. Um, which again, I've used up all of our time, but it always makes me think of Chrono Trigger because there's a whole quest where you leave Robo plowing fields for like 400 years and he makes a forest and it's a very sweet story in a great game. If you haven't played Chrono Trigger, I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. This is a, this story is a little less like Chrono Trigger with, it's true. They find, notification. they, fi- yeah, yeah, um, they find Bender, um, under like, not even very far no. in the ground. Um, they d- do one like push with the shovel, and it hits Bender in the head. And they get Bender out of the ground. And they put him back on his body, which is still reconstructed to a UFO, and he floats away. <laughs> I like that he actually floats. Like, Yeah, it's great. It's such a... Yeah. And, um, and then the professor delivers this wonderful line. If history doesn't care that our degenerate friend Fry is his own grandfather, then who are we to judge? Truly. And on that note, it is time for... Grades! Uh, To me, this is almost... I I don't think it's the quintessential Futurama episode. But it is one... If you were to to tell me, like, you have to put 10 to 15 episodes together, this is on there. It is such a... It's it's something that I think pretty much only Futurama or Futurama like shows can do. The kind of time, the the moving of time with paradoxes that still kind of make sense. I I think it's it's may not be as funny as some episodes, although it's very funny. Um, the plot is very good. Their stakes are high. They have to get back grandfather nastification and have what have you there's a lot i i really like this episode it is i think again one of the it's it's not like it's like it doesn't have as much of the emotional stakes as some of the Mm -hmm. the great like upper echelon like hot top of the top but it is 
very good. Um, I think it, I have to give it an A. I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, it is uh, sort of in the the collection of Futurama episodes. It is generally, I think, up there as one of the, maybe not the quintessential, but, you know, top five easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one with a lot of good lines. Like, I'd even say most of my, uh, one of my favorite all-time lines from Fry is, uh, but existing is basically all I do. <laughs> it's one I say a lot. Um, I, I think most of the characters have really good moments in this episode. There's really a lot to like. And, you know, uh, you make a, a reference about uh, doing the nasty in the pasty to a Futurama fan. And, like, it's, you know, they know what you're talking exactly, about. Exactly. Yeah. I did that to. Uh, someone on Twitter once because she said her cat was named uh, Philip J. Fry and I was like does that mean he's his own grandfather and she replied he did do the nasty and the pasty like very quintessential there's very little to not like about it so yeah 100% I'm going to give it an A well I'm not going to give it a 100% I'm going to give it an A straight All right. we'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any other episode and there are Plenty of ways to do that. Possibly too many ways. Possibly too many ways. You can email us by sending an email to back to the Futurama podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at back to Futurama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash back to Futurama. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, and we would love it if you rated, reviewed, subscribed, and sent to your friends, and we can all talk about the past nastification. And, and the shirt pants situation alarm. And hey, uh, we're not, I mean, we're not doing like a show there or anything, but we're both going to be at PodCon. Oh, we sure uh, are. Coming up in Seattle in just a couple of weeks. And if you are going, uh, send us a shout out. Let us know. We'd love to actually meet some fans. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're going to be pretty busy doing all the like various uh, events and stuff going on. But yeah, we'll, be, we'll be learning a whole lot about this podcast. How to make this a good podcast instead of just a podcast but yeah sometimes the you can't quite bridge that gap but regardless um if you're there just send us a shout out we'd love to uh say hi and uh uh talk to talk to people who listen to this for some reason (laughs) absolutely so um yeah hope to see you there and uh if not uh never fear we will if nothing else be back next week and we exist so that's good existing is basically all i do (laughs) agreed so on that note until next time i'm ben and i'm mike goodbye Goodbye from from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow